and only my beautiful wife. She's going to come and share her testimony. So let's uh, give her all the time she needs. Let's welcome her tonight. Come on, let's go. <laughs> nervous um, but I want to thank you for being here tonight um, and this is my story. I was born in Sydney in a multicultural family. I'm the middle child of three girls. My mum was a Chinese immigrant. She came to Australia, met my father and proposed to him. He was an Aussie with red hair and a mullet. Their cross-cultural marriage was frowned upon and more so when they produced half-caste children. My mum and dad had their differences in their cross-cultural marriage. They had fights about money, parenting, there were threats of divorce, harsh words. My mum would just up and leave temporarily. However, I had a happy early childhood. We were well provided for and protected. We didn't go to church. I didn't know that Christmas and Easter were about Jesus. I was teased at school for being half Chinese. My mother had become cold and uncompassionate, I was ashamed of my heritage. As a teenager, my relationship with my mum broke down. She was cold and spoke harshly to me, hopeless, good for nothing, useless. I was disrespectful and strong-willed. My strong Chinese mother said I was dead to her. Her rejection saddened me, but that turned to hatred. We lived in the same house, but lived separately. My dad brought me up from that stage. I remember him sitting me down. He told me that no matter what happened, at the end of the day, he would always be there for me and love me unconditionally. I was secure in his love. He provided the mother's nurture. I put my hope in my dad. I attended a Christian surfing camp. It gave me a good view of Christians. However, I thought you had to be born into a Christian family to become a Christian. I remember trying to be good and holy baptizing myself like they did in the movies, flicking water on myself, I was searching. When I was out surfing, I would sit on my board and look out to the horizon. I would talk to Mother Nature. I was trying to get to God, but I didn't know how. I was an A student at school, an all-rounder. I had purpose. My dad encouraged us to be high achievers, but he wasn't strict. He would allow us to drink at home before parties. They were fun innocent times. I can remember wanting to keep myself pure, make my dad proud. <clears throat> I believed God existed. It wasn't unusual for me to talk to God from a bush under the influence. God, help me. I'm a mess. Help me and I won't do this ever again, but I would do it again the next weekend. I was 15 when my dad had an affair with a female work colleague. She was a home wrecker. I confronted them and they lied to me. My dad didn't protect me when she attacked my character. I felt betrayed. Unconditional love and trust had been severed. Dad moved out. I had put my hope in my dad and he deserted me. I was insecure and had lost hope. I would skip school and began failing. My mother's harsh words and my being teased for my Chinese background caused me to have low self-confidence. I would binge drink to escape and drown my sadness. The affair didn't last, 
but the charms of the other woman saw my dad lose his business and nearly everything for that matter. Dad reconciled with mum and they went away on a trip for therapy, but I stayed behind to study. I threw a party, the house got trashed and my mum's jewellery was stolen, an important part of her culture. That party was the last straw. My mum left this time. The only word I heard of my mother was that she wanted to be nice and get me back in order to get more money out of the divorce settlement. I was anxious and depressed. I had counselling at school with the chaplain, who was also my friend and the leader at the Christian surfing camp I had attended. I was suicidal. He asked me all the things I wanted to do in my life. He said if there was no me, then I wouldn't be able to do all those wonderful things. I was searching for love. I believed the lie, if I give sex, I will get love in return. I quickly learnt that wasn't true. I descended into a promiscuous lifestyle, having casual sex with a number of partners. It was not enjoyable, but it was an addiction to male attention. I wanted to feel accepted and worth something. I ran wild, experimenting with drugs. I self-harmed and let the devil into my heart and life. I was 17 and entering the final year of high school. I was living with friends and going nowhere in life. Dad was depressed and wanted to get away from the small town we lived in. I had to beg him to take me back in. He grudgingly agreed. He wanted to give me a chance to redeem my education. We moved to Brisbane and he enrolled me into a top high school. I didn't grab the opportunity and continued my promiscuous lifestyle. Dad was on antidepressants and like a zombie most of the time. I didn't have any principles in my life to guide me. I wouldn't listen to my dad's advice. I needed a higher authority to obey. My lifestyle eventually led me to feel cheap and used. My new Aboriginal friends turned on me and I was fearful to leave the house. I was depressed, anxious and experiencing suicidal thoughts. There's no point living anymore. You can end it all. You've thrown your life away, your education, look at your family. I was in my bedroom this night and thought about taking a big box of painkillers. But in that moment, I felt sorry for adding sorrow to my dad's life. I recalled the conversation with my chaplain. It made me think, where would I go after taking my own life? I desperately called out to God that night. I told him that if he would make himself real to me, I would live for him. A peace came over me. I wasn't anxious anymore, and I remember having the best sleep that night. Within days, I met a Christian at work. At this stage, I was no longer attending school and had started working night shift at a factory. This Christian named Stuart befriended me. He asked if anyone had ever told me about Jesus. He went on to tell me his life story. He had once been on the run from the police and was hiding in a small country town. He was a drug addict. A little old woman had prayed for him and he was powerfully set free from his addiction. He was now married and had a six-week-old baby girl. This blew me away. Every night at work for three weeks, Stuart shared with me the good news that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and shame, that God loved and accepted me, that God wanted to give me a second chance, a new life. He told me that the Bible said, you must be born again. And all I had to do was believe in God, ask for his forgiveness, and turn from my sinful lifestyle. He told me that God promised to make me a new creation, 
a chaste virgin. I couldn't believe the good news. Stuart answered all my questions regarding the Bible and why a loving God would allow suffering. He invited me along to his church. I was living in the city at the time and the church was nearly an hour north. I missed my train, so I randomly asked a lady who was standing outside the station where she was going. She was waiting for a taxi to take her to the very suburb next to the church. She let me ride with her and I made it to church. This was my first time ever in a church. Stuart's wife greeted me. Everyone was so friendly. I didn't understand everything, but I knew in my heart that it was right. At the end of the service, the pastor gave an invitation if anyone wanted to receive Jesus, and I knew this is what I needed to do. Stuart's wife, Anne, prayed with me. I asked Jesus into my heart. She prayed a deliverance prayer over me. I was filled with joy and peace, and I no longer desired my old lifestyle. The Bible is full of promises. Those that call upon the Lord shall be saved. God had answered my desperate cries and saved me. Another promise. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. This meant so much to me because now I was a virgin again. A whole new creation. I didn't have to live with the guilt and shame of my past. I was free. Stuart and his wife became like spiritual parents to me. I was attending Bible studies on Friday nights, falling asleep during their Christian movies, but that didn't matter. It was the Christian company that had the biggest impact on my life, and it shocked me that I hadn't done it in weeks. My dad thought I was being brainwashed. He said I had to choose God or my family, so I chose God, moved out, and lived in my car. I stayed with my now close friend Mary, Mary's sister told her dad that I was a drug at school. I told Mary that it was the last days and Jesus was coming back, that she needed to accept Jesus. I was confused, to be honest, but I was enthusiastic and felt the urgency. Mary said, what about my family? And I said, what about my family too? They were crazy days. Mary came along to church and gave her life to Jesus. Her sister followed and gave her life too. And then her best friend Tristan came along. It was a miracle to see Mary's whole countenance change over the next couple of years from dark and very angry to beautiful and soft. I was driving my friends to church one night and was smoking. I remember saying something like, I know I'm a Christian and I'm going to quit soon. I flipped the butt out the window and it flew back in, got stuck in my hair and burnt it. It was like God was speaking to me. You need to quit. After that, I was encouraged to go to my room and pray to God to take away my addiction. The next day when I tried to smoke, I couldn't. It made me vomit. I knew God had helped me and taken that habit away. I was 18 and went overseas at Christmas for my sister's wedding. My pastor had contacts at another Potter's House church in London. I spent some time there and stayed at a girl's house. As a new Christian, it was so encouraging to meet the church and see the youth. We prayed for a youth revival in Brisbane, and that's exactly what happened. After the initial excitement of my newfound life with Jesus, I had to deal with being sober and my low self-confidence. The black spots in my brain from past substance abuse made me a bit paranoid in social settings and at church. It took time to restart and heal my mind. God replaced my old friends with new Christian friends, young and old. We were all on this journey together. 
I had to follow God and have a relationship with him. If I was going to trust him, I needed to read the Bible and get to know him. I would talk to God like he was my friend. Just as I had trusted God to save me when I accepted him into my heart, I also had to trust him with every other part of my life. I didn't want to lose Jesus. I was desperate in prayer one time. My eyes were closed and I saw Jesus on the cross who was surrounding me on every side. He promised to never leave me or abandon me. He was making me secure in him. God was showing me that he is love. As God worked in me, my depression and anxiety were being replaced with his peace. I leaned on his promises in the Bible. As I read his wise, loving words, my old ways of thinking were being changed. I wanted most of all to put God first in my life. It was lonely at times, but an, but an important season of building a strong foundation on Jesus. Jesus was my husband. God softened my heart towards my mum. I visited her and gave her a card. She cried. God restored our relationship. God showed me I was carrying my parents' divorce on my shoulders and he helped me to forgive myself. And then Bobby came along. I secretly admired Bobby from the first time I saw him at church. His hotness. <laughs> but I never pursued him. I <sighs> He stalked me. No. I I didn't know if I would ever be able to trust a man enough to marry. Before Jesus, I didn't see any point in getting married because then you just had to get divorced. Within the safety of the church family, I was able to observe Bobby's life. I saw him come into church, get a job. I saw the way he responded to life's difficult moments. He was dependable and humble. I watched the way he interacted with other people. He had a heart for the underdog. It was funny. I honestly thought that as a new Christian, I honestly thought as a new Christian that God was going to punish me with an ugly man. shallow but God blessed me Bobby made himself worthy of my trust God answered my prayers for a husband who would love God more than he would love me I thank God for choosing the right person for me to marry we have been married for 12 years now and we have three and we have three beautiful healthy children and that's it we are at mental capacity and Bobby needs a referral to Dr. Smith. <laughs> After nearly 17 years of being a Christian and loving our unsaved family as best as we can, my dad will now openly acknowledge God for how our lives have turned out. He knew I was on my way to being a train wreck and he will openly say that it was God who changed the course of my life. Over the years, God has shown me his faithfulness to keep working in me, provide for me, be gracious towards me. I'm far from perfect and have experienced highs and lows in marriage and parenting. But God promises that he is near to those with a broken heart. When I've been desperate and at my lowest, God has seen the places in my heart and carried me. He's a loving God and wants nothing more than to have a relationship with us. Maybe you're here and you think you don't have a future. 
God promises in Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope.